Jesus has been identified as and presented as our sacrificial lamb. He cannot be purchased. He is available to you, whether poor or rich. But what's next on Jesus' agenda? The next thing, once the lamb is presented, is it has to be examined. And from the day of presentation, the day that the the lamb is presented, which is on that Sunday, Nisan the 10th, when that happens, then the next four days they examine. They're going to take time to examine all the sheep that have come in and make sure that they are flawless. So if Jesus is our lamb, what do you think they're going to need to do over the next four days? Examine him. Jesus needs to be examined. He's our lamb. He's the one. He's the sacrificial lamb. He's coming, and he's coming on our behalf to be our sacrificial lamb. So over the next few days, he's going to be examined. So have you examined Jesus? Have you examined Jesus for yourself? I want to invite you to do that very thing, and that's what chapter 20 does. Chapter 20 begins the, the questioning and begins the examination of Jesus. And here's what I would say. Here's what I've noticed is when we examine Jesus, it actually reveals more about our own heart than anything else. When we examine Jesus, there's something that it reveals something about our own heart. So we have a key point two, three, four, and five that are ultimately questions and examinations of Jesus. And these are four things that are, they're examining about Jesus, but it reveals something about ourselves. So key point number two is this, and we'll do two, three, four, and five uh, much quicker than key point number one. Key point number two, when we examine Jesus, we discover our attitude toward authority. You know, when we're examining Jesus, there are some people who were in this crowd that were rejecting him, and they were rejecting Jesus because they struggled with issues of authority. Let's look at Luke chapter 20, beginning of verse 1. Now it happened on one of those days, as Jesus taught the people in the temple and preached the gospel, that the chief priests and the scribes, together with the elders, confronted him and spoke to him, saying, Tell us, by what authority are you doing these things? Or who is he who gave you this authority? But Jesus answered and said to them, I also will ask you one thing, and answer me. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or from men? And they responded among themselves, saying, If if we say from heaven, he will say, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say from men, all the people will stone us, for they are persuaded that John was a prophet. So they answered that they did not know where it was from. Jesus said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Then Jesus began to tell the people this parable. A certain man planted a vineyard, leased it to vine dressers, and went into a far country for a long time. Now at vintage time, he sent a servant to the vine dressers that they might give him some of the fruit of the vineyard. But the vine dressers beat him and sent him away empty-handed. Again, he sent another servant, and they beat him also, treated him shamefully, and sent him away empty-handed. And again, he sent a third, and they wounded him also, and cast him out. 
Then the owner of the vineyard said, what shall I do? I, I will send my beloved son. Probably they will respect him when they see him. But when the vine dressers saw him, they reasoned among themselves, saying, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him that the inheritance may be ours. So they cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, what will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come and destroy those vine dressers and give the vineyard to others. And when they heard it, they said, certainly not. Then Jesus looked at them and said, what then is this that is written? The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Whoever falls on that stone will be broken, but on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. And the chief priest and the scribes that very hour sought to lay hands on him. But they feared the people, for they knew he had spoken this parable against them. Jesus is telling this parable, and he's basically saying, look, you've got two choices. You can fall on him, and in so doing, we become broken over our sin. Or Jesus can fall on you, and it will crush you. That's the two choices. Broken over your sin or crushed because you refuse to be broken. If they truly respected authority, the vine dressers would not have killed the son of the owner of the vineyard. They claimed to respect authority, but that wasn't the case at all. Sometimes our own heart, what it reveals is our heart's attitude toward authority, and that can be a barrier when we're examining Christ and when we're examining our own heart. Key point number three, then, is this. When we examine Jesus, we discover where our own loyalties are. There are some people who not only reject Jesus because of issues with authority, some people reject Jesus because they have loyalties that fall elsewhere. Look at verse 20 and following. So they watched him and sent spies who pretended to be righteous, that they might seize on his words in order to deliver him to the power and the authority of the governor. Then they asked Jesus, saying, Teacher, we know that you say and teach rightly, and you do not show personal favoritism, but teach the way of God in truth. Is it lawful for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their craftiness and said to them, Why do you test me? Show me a denarius. Whose image and inscription does it have? They answered and said, Caesar's. Jesus said to them, Render, therefore, to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. But they could not catch him in his words, in the presence of the people, and they marveled at his answer and kept silent. Did you notice Jesus asked a really great question? They're holding up this coin, and Jesus says, Whose image and inscription does it have? And the answer was obvious. The answer was obviously Caesar. And then there's no follow-up question, but there could have been. And maybe that's the question for us. And if you're reading this, I think that, I think that these spies that were sent in, I think they knew the follow-up question. 
And here it is. Here's the follow-up question that was never presented. All right, so who's on the coin? Whose image is on the coin? And he says, do what with what that image is? He says, you render that to, to Caesar. What's the unasked question? Whose image do you bear? Whose image are you created in? What image do you reflect? Think about that. If you are a Jewish person, first century, you've been brought up in the scriptures, and you know what? That humankind is made in the image of God. So, this coin bears the image of who? Caesar. Who do you bear image of? That's the question that Jesus never asked, but was certainly would be implied. Therefore, if you were created in the image of God and bear the image of God, what are you to do? You need to give your life to God. You render to God. Why? Because his image is on you. His image is on you. And with his image on you, you give your life to him. But some people, their loyalties lie elsewhere. And they overlook the fact that they have the very image of God written upon them. Key point number four is this. When we examine Jesus, we will discover there is more to life than the here and now. More to life than the here and now. Some people are going to reject Jesus because of issues of authority. Some people, their loyalty is somewhere else, and they're going, I'm not, I'm not following Jesus. I'm more interested in pursuing Caesar or the things of this world. But some people are going to reject Jesus because they don't want to believe in anything that's supernatural. The Sadducees were that very group of people. The Sadducees rejected the idea of angels, demons, life after death, uh, so, you know, if you mentioned the resurrection or life after death, they would say there is no such thing. It's ridiculous. They're going to reject life after death. They're going to reject angels and demons. The only thing that they believed was the first five books of Moses. That was it. That was all that they cared about. So the Sadducees rejected anything else. They rejected anything that was supernatural. And they rejected the rest of the Old Testament. Uh, I've heard it said that, the, you know, they, they don't believe in the resurrection. That's why they're sad, you see. And I, that, now that helps me remember. Uh, they don't believe in life after death. That's why they're sad, you see. But here's the thing. The, the Sadducees show up, and they're inspecting Jesus. Look at verse 27. And some of the Sadducees who deny that there is a resurrection or life after death came to him and asked him, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote to us that if a man's brother dies having a wife and he dies without children, his brother should take his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers, and the first took a wife and died without children. The second took her as wife and died childless. Then the third took her, and in like manner, the seven also. And they left no children and died. Last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife does she become? For all seven had her as a wife. Jesus answered and said to them, The sons of this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are counted worthy to attain that age and the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage, nor can they die anymore, for they are equal to the angels and the sons of God being sons of the resurrection. 
But even Moses showed in the burning bush passage that the dead are raised when he called the Lord the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. For he is not the God of the dead, but of the living, for all live to him. Then some of the scribes answered and said, Teacher, you've spoken well. But after that, they dared not question him anymore. You see what Jesus did? This is brilliant on Jesus' part, right? This is absolutely brilliant. What did he do? The only thing that they believe is Moses. So how does Jesus respond? Moses believed in the resurrection. (laughs) Moses did. In fact, in a single passage, he points to Moses that Moses believed in life after death. And if they believed Moses, then they should have no problem doing what? Believing that there is life after death, that there is a resurrection. So they've simply, what did they do? They simply have made up their minds to reject anything that's supernatural. And if anything comes into conflict with that, they're like, I'm going to have nothing to do with it. Don't let the supernatural become a barrier to your faith in Jesus. There are things that are beyond the here and now. And then finally, key point number five. When we examine Jesus, we will discover truth. We will discover truth. Some people are going to reject Jesus because they just already made up their mind. They've already made up their mind. Doesn't matter. Even if truth is presented to them, it doesn't matter because the truth doesn't matter to them. Let's look at verse 41 and following. And Jesus said to them, How can they say that Christ is the son of David? Now, David himself said in the book of Psalms, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, David calls him Lord. How is he then his son? Then in the hearing of all the people, he said to his disciples, Beware of the scribes who desire to go around in long robes, love greetings in the marketplaces and the best seats in the synagogues and the best places at feasts who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers, these will receive greater condemnation. You know, sometimes the truth is just staring you right in the face. And the people will reject the truth because they've already made up their minds. So what what do we see here? Jesus comes in to Jerusalem, and he presents himself as the Lamb, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, the one who is going to to present himself as the sacrificial Lamb. And when we then examine Jesus, it causes us to examine our own heart. We have to grapple with our ability to submit to authority. You follow Jesus, that's an issue. You have to ask yourself, can I follow him as Lord of my life? That's a question for us. Do you know him as Lord? Not only do we grapple with our ability to submit to authority, we must consider the cost of following Jesus. That's where our loyalties are. What is the cost? Sometimes our loyalties are, it's just too great of a cost to follow Jesus. And sometimes people reject Christ because they're not willing to to count the cost. Third, we must acknowledge that there are some things we can't explain in the physical world. Those things require faith. 
And then we must accept the truth when the truth is presented. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And when we seek truth, Jesus is always revealed. And then that leads me to one last thought. It's time to select your lamb. Are you trusting in yourself to be flawless? Or are you trusting in the examined lamb of God?